baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Yeah, it's WTIC. It's a Wednesday afternoon, and we are in Avon. Maybe you can tell there's noise in the background. It's echoey. It's a different kind of vibe, and that's because we're doing the holiday store for the Salvation Army. You can make a donation, come by, and drop off money. People have been doing that. It's great. People are coming by just to visit, bringing nothing to give, which is fine. Just come and say hello because we're here out in public. You can swing by if you're near, you know, Avon, Simsbury, Farmington, and you want to come by and say hi, you're welcome. People bring toys by. And you can text a donation by texting the word, uh, the letters WTIC to 41444, and that will walk you through how to make a donation if you want to do that. Right in front of me, if you really want a strong enticement to uh, to come by, Tom Shattuck left a tray of um, cheap, fattening salami, spicy salami, little bits of it with uh, cheese. Great snack. And even better, there is a, um, a plate of Oreos, which I did my best to try to, to finish off, but I couldn't do it. So there's still plenty here for you if you want to come by and try them. That was Chris Wellman we were talking to, Washington University in St. Louis, and a libertarian philosopher, but undecided on exactly um, where the line gets drawn on some of these things, which which is interesting. To me, it's simple. Once you've established the right of the body, the person to control his own body, then obviously that means you get to keep 100% of what you earn, and the government has no rights to it. So I think for our party, moving forward in Connecticut, that should be the stance, that nobody gets tax dollars. There's no such thing as tax dollars unless they're voluntary. I'll say it like that. Now, that sounds outrageous, but what I consider to be outrageous is the status quo today. 860-522-9842. It's Mark Christopher watching the roads. I would assume everyone's driving today to avoid doing it. Later in the week, but we'll check in with Mark Christopher, BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark. It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, good afternoon. Coming to you from the Avon Old Farms Hotel. Come on by and visit. It's the Salvation Army Holiday Store, Avon Old Farms Hotel. You don't have to make a donation. You can just come by and say hi, say hi to the people, and talk about what they do. We're going to get to Alfonso in just a moment, but Pete in East Haven first. Hello, Pete. Hey, how's it going? What's up? If you have no borders, you have no country. And, you know, it's funny to think that, you know who didn't want borders? They were so against borders. ISIS. That was one of their main goals, was to... Get rid of all borders so they can go through any place they want to go and to wreak havoc and teach what they want to teach. You know, you don't have a border. It's like having a home with no walls. 
everybody's invited. And we actually don't have a border right now. 100% of the fentanyl kills 400, comes over the border and kills 450 people per day. Yeah, and I think, Pete, your, your point about fentanyl is, um, is really the, the gist of it right there. If you can't control the flow of poisons that are being injected into the, the bloodstream of the nation so easily, it's like effortless they do this. Well, 87% of the drugs come from the southern border that are in our Yeah, country, well, that's right what now. I'm saying. You've got this. No, um, right. it, it's, it's like an invitation to other countries to just destroy you. And, and what about our own culture? Our own culture, American culture, would be gone. I don't see China opening up their borders. Russia. Well, isn't. if you... I don't think anybody in South America is either. Just however, if you were to look at it, not just in real time, but if we had had open borders from the start, it might be that we had a way stronger culture, that, that even people from other countries who didn't live here but came here to, to work, that had businesses here and somehow, um, you know, got injections of, of money from their relationships to the country, you'd have a whole world that was supporting uh, American culture and defending against it. It's just possible that but, things would be built differently and thus would behave differently. The, the, the biggest problem I have is I only hear of European countries, and tell me if I'm wrong, you're more knowledgeable than me, I only hear of America, Canada, and European nations are the ones, predominantly white nations, that have open borders. Is this not to maybe get rid of our own culture? Uh, there are other countries that have open borders. Europe basically does because... I just said that, but name me, name me another country other than Europe. Well, that's a bunch of countries, you know, that are all yeah, working course. together. But so um, all of those nations... But yeah, so that doesn't Asia. mean that there aren't good things that can come from doing things differently. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I get your point, and I don't disagree with it. I just say uh, we've got to look into it further and consider the possibilities. We'll take more phone calls on this coming up, but joining us right now, Alfonso McGriff. He used to be a regular on the show, and then he got too busy for us, but I'd like to get him back from time to time. Alfonso, how you doing, sir? I have no complaints as usual. Well, you always say that, but I suspect they're hiding there somewhere. No, no, man. I really don't. I, I see people in real scuffles out here in life, and, and um, not you. I, I, not, I just don't have any complaints. So what's on your mind these days? What's, uh, what are you thinking about in terms of the world? Uh, one, one of the things I'm interested in <clears throat> is um, I, I think it's, if it's true that the Republicans gained control of the House, is that true? Well, they sort of did, yes. Technically, they are in control of the House the house by a, a handful of seats but it will be a difficult margin to do anything with and, and really puts them more in a defensive stance than an offensive one but at oh, the same okay. time it does allow them to control investigations and committee chairs and things like that so the the thing that i was interested in is how adamant a few people were about in uh bringing mr fauci to answer some questions uh, under under their control. Having him come in under oath and be forced to uh, be interrogated about what yeah. went on. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was curious to see what was going on with that. But what, what, what's your feeling about it? 
my feeling about it is um, my honest opinion is there was just a lot of things done for the purpose of making money and at the expense of keeping a nation in fear and using fear to drive certain forces to generate, um, to be able to make money off the fear. So who's making money? You mean like the drug companies? Drug companies and people connected to the drug companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect that's a big part of it, but there's also just this, um, so many things got revealed with regard to how quickly a system that everybody thinks and everybody argues is democratic and needs to be kept democratic, like free speech and uh, the protection of legitimate ideas against illegitimate ones, that the government turned against us and started lying overtly on things that were kind of obvious. And and like there was, um, I forget the name of that drug, I used to have the guy on from uh, Yale who uh, was a public health specialist. I'm forgetting his name now, and I forget the name of the drug. But there was this one drug that was, they were, the the left was saying you couldn't possibly take for um, for COVID because it was dangerous, a de- deadly drug. And this drug has been prescribed billions of times around the world. It's one of the most widely used drugs in the world. And they were making it sound like it was this dangerous drug because Trump was recommending it. You know, there's just a lot of this nonsense of dividing people up on whether you trust the science or not and then not being scientifically accurate. Well, the interesting thing is, is, is I remember when Trump mentioned the name and from that point on, the drug was totally contaminated. Um, yeah, done. Not, yeah, and but this is this is the other thing that always had me suspicious of everything. Yeah, I didn't trust any of it. Is when they say the science, and the question is how can you how can you call it science when you eliminate the opinions of doctors and scientists who don't agree with you. And when you, I mean, the nature of science is to propose ideas, hypotheses, and then let everybody pick away at them to see if they're true or not. And take everybody's ideas and have the free exchange of ideas. You have to have the free exchange of ideas if you're going to test the validity of a theory. Right. So I thought that's what they did at conferences and stuff. And then when this came up, all of a sudden, if you didn't agree with one side, you were blackballed. You know, um, yeah. social media pages were eliminated if you used their names and all of this other kind of stuff. So, for me, that totally eliminated the idea of science. Yes, it, it was an anti-science, uh, a pro-science argument using anti-science to legitimize it. It right. was ridiculous. So, yeah, so I... um. I just and and then I read something just even more ridiculous recently, where um, the and I'm not a reporter, I'm not an expert, I'm 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 just I'm just a dude at home, just an average Joe, just an average Joe. So this might not be the most factual statement or thought in the world. Good. I just wanted to preempt what I'm saying by saying that. Okay. But I, I had read something where one of the reasons why they were so anxious to 
get the these vaccines in young children is because for some reason, based on the language and the words and the arrangements and agreements, that if uh, if young children, if the vaccine w- was uh, made and young children began taking it, mm-hmm. then the companies that makes these drugs will also be uh, not liable for what would happen. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I believe that's common with uh, vaccines of, of yes. limited liability, and, and, and the protection offered with, by uh, the government. Well, with adults, yeah. So, but it, the, what I read, it had something specifically to do with, uh, it was a necessity that children um, were involved in order to, to eliminate certain liabilities but science once you eliminate scientists and doctors who don't agree then it's no longer science that's the way say I that again once you eliminate doctors and scientists who don't agree with yeah yeah you know you have to have you, argument then that's no longer science so, yeah that it was hydroxychloroquine thank you uh mike from plainville on that and and dr harvey rish was the guy i used to have on all the time and he was he would this is like one of the most respected doctors in in mm-hmm. the in the field who would who was one of the guys who used to judge things like at conferences when people were proposing papers and stuff like that and suddenly because he was communicating information that said hydroxychloroquine had efficacy if used in a particular way in treating COVID patients, and because that had been banned for political reasons by the left, he was suddenly this persona non grata in a, a career he's dominated for for decades. It was it was quite a remarkable thing, and he's not the only one, of course, but yeah, just the one he, that he hits was, closer to home because he's at Yale. He was banned from social media too. You mentioned him or anything he said. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. So this stuff's coming out from uh, Elon Musk now. He was releasing the Twitter stuff, and they were uh, just uh, behind the scenes breaking their own rules to ban people who they didn't want to. Uh, they didn't want their opinions to offend people on, on in the Democratic Party. I think my my Facebook page is still jacked up from posting things that um <laughs> <laughs> that uh um from from scientists and doctors who had a different perspective and opinion so all right alfonso thank you You brought me in uh thinking about a direction i haven't thought about in a while i appreciate it hey thanks for having me all right alfonso mcgriff hartford writer and uh businessman who we like to have on from time to time let's talk to tony in hebron hi tony hi how you doing what's up it's pretty disgusting we got a president that rather have a uh drag queen freak day Rather than go see the border, and uh, we got 400 people a day dying of fentanyl intentionally done by China and Mexico. And he signs in the bill. He makes it sound like he signs in the bill. Same-sex marriage is, is legal now. That was done 10 years ago. Uh, the bill is uh, the claims to protect certain rights that, uh, that aren't well, really... It sounds like the same thing as 10 years ago. Yes, I, I think you're probably right. And, and then he has these freak drag queens that, that hate police officers, hate society, want to change our kids that are only five years old. It's disgusting. Well, it's, it's, it's bizarre.
But I also think um, that we have to we have to know what our issues are that we want to fight about and not get dragged into too many of these cultural fights because there are more important things going on, like being bankrupt to me is um, it's essential that we get ourselves on a sound fiscal footing. And the business model of the government now is to spend every penny that exists and then trillions beyond that. Oh, and uh, we're right. going to just drive off a cliff economically if we don't stop that soon. Well, I, I, I'm, uh, it's, it's, it's a, how did this country get like this in two years? Well, it didn't get this way in two years. They've been going for decades in this direction. It's just picking up speed. And I think it's more visible to us because a lot of the veneers that protected this kind of activity have been broken over the past few years. I think that's what the big change is, Tony. It's becoming more visible to us, which is good, and that makes us better voters, more capable voters. Thank you so much for the call, sir. 860-522-9842. And uh, Joe Markley will be with us in a few minutes. And uh, we've got a lot of fun to come on WTIC. And uh, what else do I want to tell you? I know there's something else on the tip of my tongue that I have to say, and I can't remember what it is. Oh, you know, we are doing the holiday store for the Salvation Army. Avon Old Farms Hotel. Come on down and say hi. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. WTIC, good afternoon. Come on down and see us. It's the Holiday Store. We do it every year. You're familiar. We thank our sponsors. Supporting sponsors include Carmen Funeral Homes, Day Pitney, 
M&T Bank, Carson and Dumere LLC, and American Eagle Federal Credit Union. Thank you, folks, for your support for the Salvation Army. 860-522-9842. We've got George calling from St. Louis. Hello there, George. Welcome. Hi. Good afternoon, Todd. Say, by the way, I listened to that philosopher from Washington U. Yep. That that is the biggest load of horse manure I have ever heard. What What did you, you say that was in, the biggest load of horse in, manure? You bring in illegals and uh, and have porous borders. That, well, it's a is, standard is, uh, libertarian position. Libertarians believe in liberty at the borders too. It's interesting. Yeah. Uh, now, it, you wanted to improve Connecticut. Here's how you do it. You have uh, capital growth zones. You institute capital growth zones. Mm-hmm. You pretty much institute everything that Trump was doing. That is low taxes, low energy. Uh, you uh, ex- you have a, a, the, the best education educational system. That is, you bring in professional chemists, biologists, mathematicians, have them teach 10 hours a week at the schools. Doesn't matter, grammar school, high school, and then spend the other thirty hours at, at their uh, at their at their. Wait, so you would create zones, success zones, and have failure continue in the rest of the years, but you would use these as incubators, or what? Yeah, exactly. Um, it, uh, when, when everyone else realizes what a catastrophe that that uh, that Democ- the Democrat government is, they'll come around. They'll. It'll spread. But how do you do that by having government create zones where they control more of what goes on? That's that's the only way you're going to do it because you can't change your government. Your government is forever, forever going going to be Democrat. It's gonna it's it's already written. Then how would you ever get? Why would Democrats want to institute? a system designed to to uh, renovate the way well, business as usual happens when they love business as usual. Well, someone someone has. Oh, sorry, we've got to go, George. Sure. We've got a traffic update waiting for us. Thank you for the call, sir. Good to talk with you. Now back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Still busy at work? Yeah, that's great. It's great. All right, we're having a good time. Everything's going well. The Salvation Army is getting richer by the minute. They're they're not sure what they're going to do with all the money, but they'll find something. They'll find somebody in need in some wonderful program that needs the funding. 860-522-9842. If you want to come by and meet the people who make the Salvation Army rock, you can do that. Avon Old Farms Hotel, come on down right now. You can make a donation if you like. You can bring toys if you want or a check. You can also text money. It's easy. WTIC to 41444. Yep, they do a lot of good work, and they need your help to make it happen. Joe Markley is here, former state senator. We talk to Joe on a regular basis. What's up, sir? You know, I was listening to you before, Todd. Um, when you Someone was talking about problems, and you said the big problems that are coming are going to dwarf the small ones. And you were talking about basically the country going broke and um, and inflation and, you know, all those questions about economics. And I want to add the other big one that really worries me, and I, I worry more as people pay less attention to it, which is Ukraine. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which, first of all, is one of the reasons. I mean, that's part of our going broke. Um, that's costing a lot of money, and nobody's. You can't even raise the subject practically without being accused of being uh, a Russian plant. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that's uh, d- become a partisan issue by top down, you know. And 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 the worst thing is, is it's a bipartisan issue, and, and there's nothing more dangerous than when both parties are lined up on something. And uh, that's it's only um, people that are described as being on the fringes, but the people, you know, it's kind of the Rand Pauls of the world on one side, and the, uh, the Noam Chomsky's on the other side. The question what we're up to with this do you Um, have what what is your position like what concerns you are you concerned that we're being scammed that it's being uh you know a narrative is being assigned to ukraine that isn't really what's going on well i think that's i think that almost goes without saying because i think our understanding (laughs) of events overseas uh, the, the narrative is always going to be simplistic um, you know, so we went into Iraq because we were going to set up a democracy and so forth. Um, we did, always, didn't we? Uh, no. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, we always look at foreign policy decisions in these interventions um, in black and white terms that don't apply. And I think that's true over here. That it's But a, how do you a, view this issue? Because essential to the idea of having a democratic system or government is that it puts the leadership in the position of having to convince huge swaths of humanity who don't pay a lot of attention to the, the issues that they're dealing with to go along with something. So they have to present a marketing campaign, you know, and I always imagine it's like Mr. Whipple standing in the in the uh, corridor of the grocery store blocking traffic because he can't stop squeezing the Charmin that you know that they have to they have to hit us with dumb deceptive arguments if they want to get us to go their way and how do you deal with that if you're going to be a leader I'd say the first the the answers to most of our problems would be found to in a return to the Constitution and in this case you know, we've gotten accustomed to making war, essentially, to foreign policy being purely an executive function. The president sets it, and that's it. Um, if, if Congress had to vote on these things, as it should, when we make commitments overseas, military commitments, send troops overseas or, or anything, um, I think they'd get very nervous very fast. As it is, they can just say, yep, we're behind the president, and that's the end of it. And I think that it would be easier to bring pressure on congressmen individually. I mean, this is one of the reasons they don't want to vote on it is because they know they have people in their own districts that aren't enthusiastic about it. And if they're Democrats, I mean, some of their most um, liberal supporters are the people that are also genuine doves on foreign policy. Um, so the political answer would be a return to limited government with Congress having a role in the well, decision. Yeah, I'm with you on that, but hang on a sec. I don't seem like I'm loud enough right now. It, it's, I still feel like there's something inherently um, problematic with the idea of even having elections be the thing that guides us because it, it puts us in an adversarial relationship at voters with the people we vote for because they're, you know, I mean, this is really what you see when you get elected to the legislature and you get inside there. You see all this... Um, all these protocols that are in place in order to make sure voters don't know what's going on, right? Well, that's right. I, I, but it's not even protocols necessarily because of the sheer mass of things that are happening. Um, the voters can't even 
be expected to understand all even that. legislators voting don't get a chance to understand that's absolutely right um which is why there's only certain high high profile things that really get the public's attention recently the tolls issue right i mean that was something that people could understand they got up they got worked up about it's funny todd i often have said i got more calls maybe on sunday liquor sales than anything else when i was back in the legislature mm-hmm. um but it's not because it's such an important question, hardly important at all, but it's at least one that people can wrap their minds about. It's, uh, it's, about. it's quick, it's simple, and people have instincts about it. Yeah, and that's, that's why the, the politicians, first of all, have to do their best to explain what's going on. You'll say it's not in their interest, but the ones that don't, if they're not doing it, voters should be suspicious if they're not out there engaging with issues and asking people engaging with people that disagree with them you know have a town hall and let everyone come in and speak and explain why you disagree um they that's that's part of their job to do that and to um and to try to educate the voters uh to understand what's going on to be um, you know a, a middleman in a sense between government and the and the people so that they under they can see Well yeah we all understand that I'm just dealing I'm just struggling with this structural problem with so I don't really look at the purpose of elections as to having the voters pick who the best person for the job is it seems to me the purpose of elections is so that you have a structure for choosing leaders that isn't the brain damaged son of the of the king gets to automatically take over the throne when his father dies because you you don't want that small of a loop of isolated individuals uh, such a small clique of elites making all the decisions so we turn over power ostensibly because we have this randomness of elections and you take uh, thousands of naive people who don't pay that much attention and their whims will cause there to be enough variation to the to those holding office so that government isn't that horrible monarchy or dictator kind of uh, model. But what ends up happening is that they just learn to build big institutions that will control the decisions those voters make. And that's where we are right now, where you, if you if you can rig elections by having uh, tens of thousands of people who work for the government and then you give them all kinds of special favors so they vote a certain way, then you've broken the purpose of having a, a democratic system. I had a friend who said the solution is Athenian democracy. Um, Athenian democracy wasn't a, a vote. It was a lot. They selected their leaders um, almost like jury duty. Um, mm-hmm. Where out of the um, you know the the people who were qualified to hold office, that might have been a small subset of the population, but still it was a sizable number. Out of those people, at random, you know, ten would be picked every year to uh, effectively be the town council. And would and, they put uh, their names in, or would it just be out of the phone book kind of thing? It'd just be out of the phone book, basically. And they couldn't serve another term, so they'd have no incentive to do things to you know, to, to stay in office or anything like that. Um, they'd serve their time, and then uh, 10 more would be selected at random <laughs> to uh, run things. I and, like and that idea. Good, I've right? often said yeah. I thought that the phone book method would work better. Like, just have somebody there with a pin, and they flip the the book open to a certain page, and they, you know, they're blindfolded, and they stab that pin down, and whatever name it hits becomes the president. That That couldn't be worse than what we have going on, I think. 
recently one might think that's the case. That's right. <laughs> and you, you would at least, and you'd eliminate the people that are seeking power and seeking office. They'd yes. have no more chance of getting the job than anyone else at that point. Yeah. It's funny that it's what we do with juries, which is one of the most important decisions that you can yeah. entrust to people. We don't have professional juries. You know, we have people that are trained in understanding law and understanding evidence and stuff that just sit on juries all day. That would be a nightmare if you think about it. Um, instead, we just pick 12 people at random and they make life and death decisions on behalf of society. With a, and, and, a feeling of nobility about the, the project, I think. And and I and I think the people people have confidence in it. I say, yeah, that's fair. I, if I if I had to uh, plead my case, just give me twelve people at random. Don't give me twelve Yale professors, for Pete's sake. Yes, that could be a problem. Yeah, even well. even Harvard once. <laughs> well, I, yes, I don't mean to pick on 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 any particular. <laughs> no, that's all right. You wanted something relatable. That's in state. Uh, yeah. It, it's a it's a very interesting problem to think about how to have a system that wouldn't be as corrupted as ours is right now and wouldn't bring out the worst in the people who who run for higher office well it goes back to this you know democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others um you can't claim that this is a perfect method it's worked very well for america over the centuries it's not working so well right now but isn't the essence of that we're talking to joe markley former state senator um, isn't the essence of why America worked well is because the restrictions on government power, the, the, the way it was structured, it was designed to have them expending their energy fighting with each other to get things done and to have the risk absorbed by that the energy they were exerting, wrestling with each other to try to get anything done. And the idea was supposed to be so hard to do things that they couldn't do that much, and therefore they couldn't do that much damage. But now they've built these big institutions, these big bureaucracies that hold permanent power, that are less fleeting than the power the Constitution assigns. So that has allowed them to usurp those protections and be able to accomplish a lot of bad things that shouldn't be happening. I, I think that's exactly right. And the genius of the founders was that they saw the problem and they came up with a system that was so good that it restrained the growth of the power of government for a long, long time. I mean, mm-hmm. it really wasn't until um, oh, the last hundred years, let's say, that the courts started making decisions that gave power to the federal government and that really enabled the creation of these agencies. And then you had President Roosevelt having the chance because of the Depression to do extraordinary things at a moment when his opposition was uh, laid low. And um, so there's been moments of big expansion of the federal government on top of it. And it is true that one almost despairs of of pushing the uh, pendulum back very far. You're just desperately trying to keep it from going further. And, uh, and again, just circle around to where I started. Things like war, um, which we are far too prone to, it seems, as a country in a time when there's no particular need for it, it the, the less war, the better right now. Um, it, it's Things like war become an excuse for the expansion of government power, for the expansion of government spending, mm-hmm. for, um, for trampling civil liberties, um, all of which we've seen happen really over the last 20 years in the country. Yeah, I was thinking about your lottery idea and how maybe the Supreme Court would have been the better way to, to uh, the place to have a lottery so that, 
you wouldn't have had all these people. It is it, always concerned me the judges are appointed by people who win elections, and that creates a an incentive on people who want to get into the court to pick a side and to ingratiate themselves onto that side. And and that maybe has done to our Supreme Court, for example, uh, the same thing that we're discussing with uh, the other breaking of our our system that's gone on. Hey, it's the lower courts. I mean, notoriously, let's say in our own state, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't say this, I don't have any reason to think that our state courts are worse than in other places. In fact, probably not. But um, certainly the politically connected judgeships um, and the idea that um, politicians uh, frequently seem to end up with these desirable spots um, is unfortunate. Um, in some states, they elect judges, which seems even worse. It, again, it's hard to it's hard to know how to deal with these kinds of problems in a in a in a democratic republic. Well, Joe Markley, we didn't solve anything, but we had a good conversation. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Take care, Tom. We'll talk to you again next week. We've got rants coming up next hour. We've got uh, just one two guests, and uh, we're going to have ourselves a good time. We'll take phone calls as well. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.